Welcome to The Boiler Room, an arena podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Santiago. And I'm Julia. And this is our bonus episode for the day after the election. Santiago, what is this episode about? What's it for? This is for you. If you're listening to this and you just finished up with a campaign, this episode is definitely, I think, probably going to be different than anything else that is in the world right now that might be super hyper-focused on what just happened with this election. But we also wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit about you and how you're doing, check in, especially as you just you just finished some really important, incredible work. And now it's in some way, shape or form completed, whether or not there are still things ongoing that are that you're tending to. I think that that's such a good point. And also just want to note to folks that we're recording this before the election. And so we just, we do want to focus on you. We want to make sure that we are talking about how you're doing today. We want to talk a little bit about next steps. And we're not here to hash out the results or what happened or what's going to happen, but just want to take this moment to breathe together and to say thank you and to, you know, address some of these, what can oftentimes be anxieties that can come up after an election, regardless of what the results are. And so today we have an awesome conversation with a fantastic uh, woman who is helping us out on this team, Jessica and Dima. And you're going to hear that conversation. But we also wanted to introduce a set of tools and resources that we have up in the arena toolbox right now that is about what to do after an election if you are a staffer. So Santiago, what do some of those tools have in them? Yeah, and I think it's important also to say at the top that, you know, we're not we're not quite sure where you are personally right now with how you're feeling. I would say this episode, these resources are all things that you know, I would recommend, uh, depending on how you're feeling right now, putting a book bookmark on and coming back to when you're ready. You know, I think we wanted to prepare resources for people coming off of campaigns for when they're ready. Some people might be ready to 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 do that now, but if you're not, I think that's also okay. And so we just released onto the Arena Toolbox, um, and these are these are up before, so maybe you've come across them on the Arena Toolbox. But we we gathered two tools. Um, One is called Gathering Your Metrics, and that is very much focused on, you know, once you are ready to, uh, especially if you're an organizer, uh, ready to start to think about, like, what what does your time and experience look like on a campaign, and how do you put that into a resume, and how do you start to put that that story together in a way that's going to really reflect what you accomplished uh, while you were on campaigns. And so that tool is available in the toolbox. One of the things, even if you are going to put a pin in it for, for later, one of the things that it highlights is the need to gather your metrics of like either how many people, um, you know, volunteers you had, uh, contacts that you made, the, any sort of metrics that you might want to highlight in your resume for the future. It, it does say like, hey, you're going to want to make sure that you do that before you get your access cut off to Van or uh, to the emailer that you maybe uh, were running if you were running digital anywhere. And so that's one thing to just keep an eye on. You know, you might have limited time uh, and access to those to those tools remaining. Um, and so just making sure that you get that down is going to be really important. But 
some of the things that the tool will highlight is um, how to work with those metrics, how to incorporate that into the actual language and make it action oriented so that um, it's as uh, is as useful in articulating what you want to do. And I think it also gives some really great scenarios. And this is actually one of the things that's great about this tool is we've taken from, uh, with permission, from a tool that the Warren for President campaign put together and uh, incorporated into this tool at different, you know, to, to highlight different scenarios where maybe you're looking for a post uh, for non-campaign jobs after the after this, maybe you're interested in non-organizing roles after this. Really gearing it towards um, how do you take these metrics and and put it into the resume that you want for the job that you want next. And I think that's just a really cool feature of this, and is something that was highlighted prominent prominently in resources that were put together by the Warren for President campaign. And so, Julia, anything else you would add there? I think that. Yeah, Santiago, that's a really good summary and just a good reminder to folks as well. You know, there's a lot of things going on right now. And something you want to be sure to capture is just the, the expanse of the work that you've done over these months. And so um, I know there's a lot happening. There's a lot of emotions, so forth. Um, this is a really important step. And also just to just say off of Santiago's point, something I want to sort of preview and highlight for folks is that after this election in December, ARENA is putting together a online convening. It's going to be part sort of social event and just gathering to talk and to talk through the results. And then also part sort of workshop to help you get your resume into shape, to help you prepare for interviews, to help you begin this job search um, into whatever realms you want to pursue. And so another thing to just put a pin in the dates are from December 7th through the 10th. Uh, hold the calendar invite. You'll get information soon about the, that event, but we want to really make sure we're here for you in these next steps and in this stage that comes after to get ready for whatever it is you want to do next. We're here for you. And that also brings us to the second tool that we mentioned that's in the arena toolbox, which is sort of what to do immediately after the election for you. As someone who's been a staffer, you know, what are some of the things that you'll need to do to take care of yourself? Again, you can approach this whenever you're ready, but we suggest that getting a preview um, can be helpful and also remove some of these anxieties that might come from not knowing when the last paycheck is coming or, you know, knowing when healthcare is ending. So that resource of what to do sort of immediately after the election You'll find some great information in there about healthcare. So, what uh, you need to do in order to continue your coverage and make sure that you're covered in a particularly, you know, challenging time right now. And then also what to do in order to sign up for unemployment insurance, which is a big thing that I know both Santiago and I have gone through yeah. um, and just want to like destigmatize it for a second because sometimes it can feel scary or it can feel unknown. It might be the first time you're doing this. It might be uh, something that you have done before and this is kind of a different job or a different period that you're doing it. And so you know, I've been on unemployment insurance. I was, uh, I received unemployment benefits when I got off the campaign in 2016 um, and used it for several months as I was going through my job search 
to figure out what was next. And I ended up working uh, with SEIU and getting that job. But there were several months uh, where I needed to pay rent and I needed to do all these things. And uh, those benefits really helped me out. And just as a sort of pointer to folks who might have questions about this, I, for example, worked in Ohio in 2016. And so my benefits came from Ohio, but I was living, you know, I had moved back to California by that point. And so this guide is just a really great resource to talk through some of these unknowns um, and some of these steps and, and help you figure, figure that out. Santiago, do you have anything to add about unemployment? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I first did it in 2012, like, I feel like post-election, I really, like, took my time, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I need to do this, and then finally somebody was like, I don't know, I can't remember if it was coworker, like, former coworker of mine was just like, no, you need to do this, like, it'll give you one less thing to worry about, you know, and give you the time and space to figure out what you want to do next, and, like, you, you deserve that, and so, I feel like I needed I needed that that shake <laughs> uh, figuratively, um, you know, because I don't I don't you know I don't necessarily know what was holding me back, but I just didn't feel like I was like oh I don't I don't really need that I'll be fine, and it's I think this is an important thing to to again take one more thing off of your plate to not have to to give you a little bit more peace of mind extra runway to figure out what you want to do next, um, and I think that's so important. And then finally, one other thing that you'll find in that guide is are some resources for mental health. And these are anything from, again, our, our fabulous fellow Jessica and Dima helped put together these resources. But you'll find everything there from some suggestions on uh, different meditation apps. You'll also find some suggestions there for how to find therapists and mental health care providers as well as some resources for where to go for free or discounted services. So really encourage you to check that out. And just want to say too, you know, again, this is something that you are going through a transition right now. We all are. Uh, as Santiago and I mentioned, we don't know what kind of transition this is. Yeah. Um, we don't know whether this is a hugely exciting transition. We don't know whether this is a scary and disappointing transition. But at the end of the day, you know, there is something that a lot of campaign staff are holding in common right now, which is that your sort of work is changing radically right now. And I just want to encourage folks, I have gone through a lot of these transitions in my life, and I have benefited from mental health services and, and therapy um, at various different points. And it's just helpful to have someone who's a professional to talk with and to kind of work through the experiences that you've had, because it's gonna take a while to digest everything and figure things out. And so just wanna say that as well, is encourage everyone you know, on your time, when you're ready to take advantage of some of these things and to really take care of yourself. And maybe you've spent so much time taking care of <laughs> others. You've taken care of volunteers. You've taken care of your staff. You've taken care of your candidates. You've done so much for other people and for our country, so much for our country. And so right now, we, you might feel like you need to spend some time with yourself. And, you know, a great way to do that is through things like therapy and through meditation and a great window into some self-knowledge and, you know, a 
beautiful way of getting to know yourself and just getting back in touch with yourself. Santiago, I don't know about you, but I sometimes, you know, after, at the end of an election, you've been eating uh, sort of whatever is <laughs> within sight. You have been solely focused on a handful of tasks or things. You know, you've been taking care of other people who are maybe in different places or feeling different things. And so it can feel like I at least have often felt very out of touch with myself. Like, where is Julia? Who is she? Um, and what's going on? And so I think that, you know, it's a really good gift to give yourself of just getting back in touch with you and take this time to, to do that. And so a great way to do that is through meditation. Um, and as you'll hear up next is our conversation with Jessica and Dima, as I mentioned, who is a meditation expert and a fabulous teacher and guide when it comes to meditation. So she's going to actually lead us through meditation and just give us some headspace today to pause and think about, you know, what are the things that we can do for ourselves? What do you need right now? Santiago, I'll just pass it over to you for any anything else you want to add. No, I just think, I think this is definitely a, a starting place for all of this. These guides, you know, won't have all of the, the answers, um, but hopefully it's a good starting place. And hopefully, you know, through all of this just gives you the permission um, that you you deserve all of this. You've worked so hard, as Julia mentioned. And so you deserve that time to, you know, check back in with yourself, take care of yourself, no matter what's happening uh, in the world right now to either prepare you more for that or, you know, just to prepare you for what, what, uh, what you're going to be doing next and uh, how you want to grow. Well, we love you. I, I feel like we can say that. And um... definitely. <laughs> and here we go. Today, we are talking to Jessica Ngima, who is a fellow at ARENA. Uh, she is not only a fellow, but she wears many hats in many different organizations. And we're so excited and very grateful to have her on the podcast today. Uh, Jessica is first-generation Kenyan-American. She's a cultural producer, a healing artist, uh, and she likes to say that she works in the modality of meditation. And a lot of her interests and a lot of her work is also politically focused. And she's just a wonderful human being, a really great teacher. Um, and she's going to introduce us today uh, to meditation and sort of some of the reasons why it's been helpful to her in various parts of her life and some of the ways that she approaches and thinks about uh, why meditation is important and helpful, particularly at moments like this, such as when we are in transitions and in moments of change. So I'm very excited to introduce to you Jessica. She is a fantastic artist, teacher, and a political fellow here at Arena. Jessica, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. We're so glad to talk. This is a podcast that is coming out on November so today is the day after the election, and we're not sure what happens. So we're here today actually just to talk about you, to talk about you, to talk about campaign staff, to talk about folks who have lived through this experience of what is a pretty intense campaign cycle in really unusual circumstances. And we're not here to slice or dice any hot takes. We're here simply to focus on ourselves and to focus on you, which is why I'm excited to talk to Jessica. Jessica, you have such an incredible story 
through politics in mindfulness meditation, in theater and art. And I feel like you just have such a beautiful journey. And I was hoping you could just tell us a little bit about your journey in particularly in meditation and in politics and those sort of convergences and divergences of those two things. So I came to meditation through my own personal journey and struggles with my mental health. And at the time I, I was working in theater, that is what my background is in. And I was just looking for ways to take care of myself. So I um, you know, started meditating and started doing it once a week, then you know, twice a week, and eventually it turned to an everyday practice. And what meditation gave me that you know, I wasn't exactly getting in other avenues in my life was just a way to, um, to soften and to offer myself a little bit of kindness. And it really gave me space to kind of get outside of some of the habits of thinking that I was just falling into in a way that I, that just like opened up a whole new space for me. So um, yeah, that was 2016 that I started meditating and I actually got into a teacher training program And I really just took the program because I wanted to know more about meditation and, you know, what this practice was. It it had been so beneficial to my life that I just wanted to dive head in and um, was at my teacher training the night of the 2016 presidential elections. And um, we all know how that turned out. So... um, yeah, after after that and after that night, I was like, all right, I think people really need this practice. So I I really felt called to teach and start to share the benefits of mindfulness practice. And in particular to bring this practice to, you know, black and brown bodies, being a woman of color, that was really important to me and learning to work with some of the kind of like internalized biases I kept um, against myself and to bring some of those things to light and to help other people of color get closer to liberation. In particular, in the question of, you know, politics and meditation and the convergence and divergence of those two things, I think that politics and voting, it's so personal. It could seem like with politics, some of these things aren't really like related or tangible, but I think politics all connects back to kind of our emotional investment in our lives. So at meditation, you know, we're doing self-inquiry. It's very contemplative. There's a lot of reflection. And I think in there is such a rich opportunity to just open up our worldview to new perspectives and ideas to new ways of being and to kind of gain empathy into our experience and other people's experience. That's a really amazing journey. Jessica, I have a question for you in terms of maybe stepping back just a bit, like what is, what is meditation for you? It strikes me that, you know, this is something that we definitely don't talk enough about on campaigns or, or build the space for. So for, for people who might be new to this, how do you, how do you define that? I'll actually offer two um, definitions since meditation and mindfulness are both, uh, you know, really popular right now. And I think those two words get kind of interchanged. So meditation itself is 
replacing discursive thoughts with another object of attention or um, focusing our attention on a single point of reference. And then mindfulness itself is a state of active, open attention on the present moment. So it's, it's really just a small difference. Um, I often say that mindfulness arises from meditation. So meditation is kind of the more active practice and mindfulness is the benefit that you receive. But, um, you know, when we pull, pull that all back, it's just bringing awareness to the present moment. So usually in a meditation practice, you will find an object to ground you into the present moment. And that's usually the breath. So we sit, we focus on our breathing and um, inevitably our minds will wander. So rather than trying to completely clear our mind of thoughts, we're trying to notice when a thought arises and bring our awareness and attention back to the present moment. And yeah, it's just a simple back and forth of like sitting with the breath, noticing when the mind wanders and coming back again and again. Thank you, Jessica. That's such a, a great explanation. I was actually thinking as you said that, like, yeah, the, the space between mindfulness and meditation is, seems to be blurred quite a bit. And we, um, at least I have definitely heard those phrases interchanged. So thank you for that explanation. I know, you know, Arena is working on a lot of different things to help support staff post-election. Uh, from different resources to a convening we're also putting together for December. Um, and I know that one of the resources that you personally have been working on is a resource of sort of different mental health resources as well as self-care resources. And so I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about that, sort of what, what's in there? Why did you think that these different things were, were important? Yeah, I was actually really excited uh, when the uh, arena team asked me to put this together. This is just kind of like my favorite um, topic and area of expertise. Um, so putting together this toolkit, a lot of it is focused on self-care and mental health. So it's honestly just a lot of resources about how we can like step back and begin to process this moment and different avenues and methods to um, kind of invite in some ease and some calm as we're all swimming in this uncertainty. Um, and yeah, that's going to look different for everyone. So there are resources to find therapists. And, you know, there's so many virtual and online services right now. So services like Talkspace and Better Health. But, you know, also, you know, being aware that, you know, for campaign staffers who might identify as people of color or gender nonconforming, that it's important to find the therapist who kind of understands our, you know, personal background or cultural specificity. So there's resources in there like, you know, Therapy for Black Girls, which is a directory of therapists of color nationwide. There's the Loveland Foundation, which offers resources for women of color to get financial assistance for therapy. And then of course, there's there's meditation resources. I am biased. So those are top of um, top of mind for me, basically just different, different avenues to kind of think about 
how we want to care for ourselves in, in this moment. And the toolkit offers a place to start kind of a jumping off point. That sounds incredible. And thank you for, for all of your work putting that together. You know, like Julia mentioned, we're releasing this the day after the election and just what a marathon of emotions that I feel like we've all been through um, in the lead up to this from anger, joy, sadness, exhaustion, maybe even numbness. And so I know a lot of people use meditation. Um, this is actually something, this is new to me. Um, but what do you see the role of meditation in, in a moment like this, especially as people are you know, making a big transition or changing course in their life potentially, and also with everything, that, everything that's happening um, around them? What's, the, what's that role look like? I think with the intensity of this moment and kind of all of those strong, strong emotions that you're speaking to that we might be experiencing in this moment, meditation is really useful in helping us sit with the difficult emotions. And, you know, in terms of meditation, this is important because we very often can over identify with feelings when we're feeling a particularly strong emotion. So I, I often direct my students in class to think about the language that we use when we're talking about our feelings. So we'll say like, I am angry, I am sad. And, um, you know, kind of put our full weight of identity on top of the feeling, rather than, um, you know, pulling back and recognizing that like, no, I, I am not angry. I'm not sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling joyful, whatever it might be. So meditation can help gain, gain some space around our feelings. So we can recognize that these feelings don't encapsulate our being and they're rather states that we're moving through. They're temporary states. And I think it's, um, it's so much easier to handle an, a hard emotional state when we know it's it won't be forever, even when it when it feels that way. So meditation helps us create that space around the feeling so that we can actually stop and ask like, okay, what am I feeling? Am I, I'm feeling this feeling. What would be most nourishing in this moment? How can I offer myself some care? And, you know, it doesn't have to look like finding a solution to the emotion in that moment. We're not trying to push it away, but rather seeing if there are opportunities to bring in some softness so that we're not so completely caught in the grip of whatever the intense moment is. So yeah, space. I, I often come back to that word in meditation, offering ourselves space around these difficult feelings. I like that. I think mm -hmm. especially around it being a state that you're in, not, not totally like defining or becoming like, oh, this, like, I feel like you can, you can, there's a tension between that. And especially in a moment like this, that feels so prolonged, you can feel like, oh, I guess I'm just mad all the time now. <laughs> and so I think that's a helpful, helpful frame. Yeah. I feel like so much of that is, is so important. And also, I want to acknowledge that it can be hard, right? Like, this is so often a practice. And I feel like why, you know, we talk about meditation practice is that it's a continuation. It's not just, I sit once, and then all of a sudden, I 
have the ability to do these very hard things that Jessica is talking about as far as sort of disassociating or or you don't have to be the anger, but you can still feel anger. You don't have to, you know, be angry all the time, but you can feel angry um, and acknowledge that and, and create space for that. But it's hard. And and I think that practice is a really important part of that. I know so I'm a I practice meditation and in a, you know, probably four to five times a week, I have, I have my up times and my down times for being sort of consistent and doing this well. Um, I do remember after the 2016 election um, in January, I moved, I was in Ohio for the election and I moved in January to California. And I remember downloading an app called Headspace and um, sort of being determined that I was going to incorporate this into my life and be consistent about meditating and all of these things. And I will have to say that it wasn't until a year later that I actually sort of developed any sort of practice. It was kind of like a flirtation for a full year, on again, off again, uh, trying to figure it out and feel it out until finally I sort of found something that worked for me. And it's just kind of a method for exploration and curiosity. And so Jessica, I just wanted to ask, you know, what advice would you have for someone who wants to start a meditation practice? Any recommendations you have for particularly, you know, in this post-election period, what we can do to both start that practice and give ourselves grace? To your point, yeah, it can be really hard to start a meditation practice. So I often, uh, you know, not just me, lots of meditation teachers uh, use this analogy, but to think about it like going to the gym. So you wouldn't expect to go to the gym once and lift some weights and be like, I did it, I'm done, I'm fit, you know? So think about your mindfulness practice the same way. You know, the first time you sit down to meditate, it can feel really frustrating. It could feel like you're not doing anything. You might not feel like you're getting the benefits. But again, it's really a practice and something that we want to come back to. So to that point, I would recommend that folks pencil it in and, um, you know, really finding the time of day that you want to meditate. Um, Like personally for myself, I like to do my meditation practice um, in the morning. I like to try to get it in before noon just because I know for how I operate, if it gets at any later in the day, I'm kind of, I'm probably not going to do it. Just like my day is going to get away from me. You know, for me, I like to practice in the morning, but others might like to do it in the middle of the day as a way to recalibrate. Other people might like to do it in the evening as a way to wind down. So finding the time of day that works best for you. And then I would say um, quality over quantity. So you don't need to jump into meditation with like an hour long session. You don't even need to do like a 20 minute session. You could do 10 minutes. I would say to start small and build your practice at your own pace. And that like, you know, five to 10 minutes of like focused meditation practice is far better than trying to do like 20 or 30 minutes of unfocused all over the place, like jittery practice. So yeah, really, really start small, move at your own pace, and then find the meditation practice that works best for you. One size doesn't fit all. 
I recommend mindfulness practice, mindfulness of breath to start with, just as it's a really great entry point. But you know, if you know sitting still doesn't work for you, you can always do a walking meditation. You might try um, a sound bath, which would involve like Himalayan singing bowls, something that's mantra based, repetition based. Yeah, really, really offering yourself a little bit of wiggle room as you figure out um, what works best for your own personal practice, because it is going to be really different for, for everyone. I feel like that time of day is going to be important for me. Um, <laughs> that's good advice. Um, from Jessica, I'm interested from your own practice and kind of exploration of mindfulness. Are there any learnings or teachings that you that you'd like to share or offer to staff during this moment? Yeah, I keep coming back to this uh, to this word space and this idea of space, creating space for ourselves. There's a quote that I share with my students quite often. It's from Viktor Frankl, and he's an Austrian psychotherapist, a Holocaust survivor. And this quote, I feel like just really relates directly to meditation practice, but to life in general. Let's say it's between stimulus and response, there is space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So really offering yourself that space that you need, space so that you don't get caught in emotions or thoughts. And yeah, in that space is really is our power to choose what direction we want to move in. So I, I think that is what I would most want to offer and remind, remind staff is to, to give yourself space as often as you can. Santiago, I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, but I was hoping that Jessica might be able to just lead us in a, a brief meditation. Um, I I'm going to point out that I will definitely re-listen to this podcast on November 4th uh, to revisit this and, and make sure that we'd love, Jessica, if you're, if you're willing and in the space to just lead us in something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you think? Like five, five minutes? That sounds great. Awesome. So I would start by finding a comfortable posture. So that might look like sitting in a chair. Or not the posture that I was currently in. <laughs> hey, that was what, what works for you. <laughs> might be sitting in a chair, might be sitting on a cushion. You know, if your muscles are feeling particularly tense, you might choose to lay down. And that can help to kind of ease and relax the muscles. And you can either gently close the eyes or just lower your gaze a couple of feet in front of you. You can allow that gaze to be soft and unfocused. You can feel into the body. 
feel the pressure of your body on any surfaces that are beneath you. You can feel temperature. Sensations of air against the skin. You can notice sounds. Any sounds in your immediate environment? Also sounds beyond your space as well. And then taking a couple of deep breaths. And that might be in through the nose and out through the mouth. Or in through the nose and out through the nose, whichever you prefer. Breathing in. Breathing out. Breathing in. Breathing out. Finding your way to a natural rhythm of breathing. Which really just means feeling into the different sensations of your breath. So feeling the lungs fill with air and empty. No need to force or change your breathing. Really meeting it as you're finding it. When the mind wanders, just notice. Bring your awareness back to breathing.
And we close by gently allowing our breath to deepen. You might gently elongate each in-breath and out-breath. Then as you're ready, allowing the eyes to open if they were closed, or just gently lifting the gaze if you're practicing with eyes open. And take your time exiting the practice. You might look around your room, your environment, Take in the colors and the shapes that you're seeing. And stretch the body if that helps. And see if you can I'll take this mindfulness with you as you move throughout the rest of your day. Thanks for sharing that practice with me. And that does it for the boiler room. As we mentioned earlier, the guides on gathering your metrics and on self-care post-election are all available for download in the arena toolbox, arena.run slash toolbox. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at arena summit, like us on Facebook. That's where you're going to receive notifications on our December convening, uh, and workshops that we're going to have available for Arena community members. So be on the lookout for that. For my co-host, Julia Leitner, I'm Santiago Martinez. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all of your work this cycle. Get some rest. Take care of yourself. We got more work to do.